So we've been doing the series. In fact, it's the penultimate of our series. And if you want to know what the word penultimate is, it's a very fancy way of saying second to last part of our series. And we've been doing a series called The Ten. It's the Ten Commandments. But with a twist, we've been doing it in reverse. So we've been going from commandment number 10 all the way heading towards number one. And this is the penultimate. So we're at number two. Now, how do you think my amazing wife, Portal, would feel if she happened to open up my wallet and there was a picture of another woman in there? Do you think that would bother her? Now, you're probably fearful of my life. That's probably what you're more fearful of feeling. Now, what would happen? How, how do you think she would feel if she, hap- if she found out that not only I had a picture of another woman in my wallet, but I, there was something going on between me and this woman? Do you think that would bother her? Would you be surprised to find out that she'll be very angry? Angry where I'm fearing for my life. Very angry that, and very jealous of this. And she wants to tear up this picture. You know, would you be surprised? No. Why wouldn't you? You would have because she is my wife. And she is entitled to me making that commitment to her alone. And you know something? I want to. Because I love my wife. Because I've made vows to my wife. And this is leading us to commandment number two. So let's, here's our countdown. We've been doing our countdown. Let's, number 10, do not covet. Number nine, do not testify falsely. Number eight, do not steal. Number seven, do not commit adultery. Number six, do not murder. Number five, honor your parents. Number four, remember the Sabbath. Number three, bearing God's name. Gee, you all know the Ten Commandments off by heart. And, and, and you would probably notice I've, kind of, I've, I've named them differently to how most people would, would call them because I actually kind of feel this is where we should be heading when we think of these commandments. So number two is this. Worship no idols. Worship no idols. Exodus chapter 20, verse 4 to 6. And it says this, You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, all that is in the earth beneath, all that is in the water under the earth. It's a three-tier cosmology here. Verse 5, You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. Am a jealous God. See, commandment number two, it, it's, it's a love issue. It's a love issue. My wife doesn't want any rivals for my love, and neither does God. And neither does God. Commandment two is a love issue. This is what this is about. So let's break down, let's break down this passage. You shall not make for yourself a carved image of any likeness of anything in heaven, on earth, or below the earth, right? And you shall not bow down to them. If you were to go into a Near Eastern temple, or an ancient Near Eastern temple, when you walk into the temple, what do you think you'll see in the middle of a temple? You'll see an idol. You'll see an image of the God or the gods that they worship. A few years ago, um, some of us, um, Pete and Lois, were part of the team. We went to China to to visit some of our missionaries um, working over there. We went to Tibet. We went around the Tibetan regions, and we got to go into a Tibetan monastery, a Tibetan temple. And when we walked into this temple, you see all of these idols, these statues, Around And they're not small. They're not like little idols. They're huge. And right in the middle, center of their temple, is, this, is, is an even bigger idol, huge idol, that represents their gods and their, who they worship. But if you happen to go into to ancient, Israel, to ancient Israel and you go to the temple, you happen to go into the Israelite temple, and you happen to go to the Lord, to the Holy of Holies, what you will not see 
is an image of God. You will not see a statue of God. You won't see any images of him whatsoever because God told Israel not to make an image of him. Do you know why God told Israel not to make an image of him? It's because God had already made an image of himself. God has already made an image of himself. When he created creation, he made the world as his temple. And when it came to, to putting um, the most important piece inside the center of his temple, he put an image of himself. He puts humanity in his creation. See, God didn't want to be imaged by stone or by wood because God wanted to be imaged by the living humans that he had created. He had created. Now, here's the thing. You might be thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, I've got a picture of Jesus on my wall. What are the Bible says, Bible says we shouldn't be making any images of what's in heaven or below or anything like this. So, you know, should I take down the image of Jesus off my wall? Should I get rid of it? You know, some of us got pictures of Jesus praying. Some of us got uh, images of Jesus knocking on the door. Some of us got images of Jesus, the Da Vinci, um, the da Vinci painting, The Last Supper, right? I'm actually just describing my mum's lounge right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm describing all the pictures that are on her wall. Uh, so uh, this is, if, you, if you go to a Pacific Island family, there's always got, there's the Last Supper on the wall. Always the Last Supper. There's a picture on there somewhere, a picture of Jesus on the wall. And um, so here's the thing. Should we take these images off the wall? You know, should we, should we get rid of them? Because the Bible says not to make any images. But let's go to verse 5. What does verse 5 say? You shall not bow down to them or serve them. So now, if, you're, if you walk and you start bowing down to these images, if you, if you start, if you're like leaving offerings, like some oranges next to the picture of Jesus, then maybe you should get rid of the image because there's an issue going on right here because you're not meant to do that. See, see God, there was not, God, God's not forbidding us from making images of, 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 of what's in here. In fact, when it, when it came to, to creating the temple, God said, I want you to create these images of cherubims in heaven and all these things. And God's not violating his law that he's making. He says, simply just don't bow down to them. Don't worship these things. Don't, you're not meant to worship anything that is, that is created. It's this theological statement that I will not bow down to anything that is made. Don't bow down to any trees. That's a created thing. Don't bow down to any rocks or any mountains or whatever. Those are created things. We are only to bow down to the uncreated God, to the uncreated creator. This is this theological statement. This is what, what it's saying. Do not bow down to them. Do not worship these things. Verse 5, you shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God. And, and this term, this jealous God, it's a very human term. It's, 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 it's one that's well understood within the context of marriage, of, a, of adultery. There's adultery here. There's jealousy there. This, this is the emotion we're, we're supposed to understand that our God is a jealous God and that God demands exclusive loyalty to Him alone. In fact, in the Old Testament, uh, adultery is called adultery. Adultery is called adultery. It kind of rhymes, right? Uh, because adultery is unfaithfulness. If you're bowing down to, to an idol, you're being unfaithful to God, just like in a marriage. It's, that's why it's described as, as, a, as adultery. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 9, like many of the prophets warned Israel about their, uh, their idolatry ways and to turn from it. Jeremiah 3, 9, Israel treated it all so lightly, she, short, she thought nothing of committing adultery by worshiping idols made of wood and stone. So now the land has been polluted. 
fact, um, during Jeremiah's time, Israel had already been taken into captivity. In fact, they, and then never to return by the Assyrians who came on in and, and took the north. Israel had, had split into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom known as Israel, Ephraim, uh, and well, Joseph, and it got taken away, never to be seen because of the adultery. In fact, um, Jeremiah says that I have divorced Israel. But I said, well, Judah, you're getting pretty close because now you're copying your sister. You're copying your sister. Commandment number two is, in love, is a love issue. It's a love issue. My wife doesn't want any rivals for my love, and neither does God. Neither does God. It's a love issue. Now, now this whole passage of this command, it's, it, it's, it doesn't just, I kind of just stopped it halfway through verse 5, but it actually goes all the way to verse 6. And it goes like this. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. And it continues. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. That's kind of like a hard statement. Like, what? I mean, the father is, is their fault, but, but, the, the, but his children to the fourth generation, they're the ones that are going to suffer the consequences? What's going on? This doesn't sound right. But hey, it doesn't stop there. Verse 6, what does it say? But showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. See, many of the prophets warned Israel to stop worshipping idols. And because they continued in their adulterous ways, God had no choice, had no choice, but allowed the Babylonians to come in and take, take the southern kingdom, just like he had taken the north kingdom, away into captivity. But this time they went for 70 years. And they returned back to their lands. But see, here's the thing. The righteous along with the unrighteous got taken into captivity. Got, they went along as well. Righteous men like Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel, in fact, he prophesied by the rivers of Babylon. You know, we all know the Boney M song, right? Come straight out of the Bible. By the rivers of Babylon. Okay, we'll probably stop right there, right? Eh? And uh, this, yeah, this, some of you are like, I have no idea. That's a, it, was, it was big in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. It's just big every time here. Let's just carry on. Right, and they get taken away to captivity. The righteous along with the unrighteous are taken. See, the commandment was warning Israel from the consequences of idolatry. It's the consequences. Hey, look, if, if you're going to continue in idolatry, it's going to affect your children. And it's going to affect your children's children. If you continue down this path, it's going to affect your children. It's the consequence of sin. If you continue on sinning, it will have effects on your children. Like, you may not have no regard for yourself. What about your children? Maybe you've you got no regard for me, but what about your children? And here's God. He brings this in before them. See, this is not a curse. This is not a curse passed down generationally, but it's about the consequences of sin. See, these are not curses on individuals or families. So notice verse 6. The God, show, what else? God shows steadfast love for thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. Look, if, if you're an Israelite, if you're an, if you're an Israelite and, and your parents are now worshiping other idols, they've, they've walked away from their faith. They've become, they've become apostate. They've fallen away. And they're now worshiping all these idols and everything else. But, but you, you worship the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all, with all your strength. If, if you do that, God, God is for you. He, he is 100% behind you. And, and, and he's going to love that. Right? So, so, I mean, let me ask you something. How many people in this room come from families that don't know God? How many here like, come from families that didn't have a mum that didn't believe in God? 
don't have a dad to believe in God, but by the grace of Jesus, you're here now. Right? How many? So many of us have come to faith without any of our parents believing. Because this is the good news. If you draw near to God, he will draw near to you. So, so what I'm really picking at here is this generational curse idea. Your relationship to God depends solely on your believing loyalty to him. Your believing loyalty. Are you loyal? Not just believing, but loyal. Believing loyal. Your, your loyalty to him. See, it's not going to be trashed by, by some generational curse or some boogaboo curse that someone put on you or your family. You know, because it's, it's not more powerful than the gospel. These, gener- these generational things, the sins of the Father, is not more powerful than Jesus. No curse is more powerful than Jesus. It just isn't. So stop believing lies. Stop giving power to something that has no power. Because God will show steadfast love to thousands of those who love him and keep his commandments. It's believing loyalty. See, if it's with him, if it's with with God, then that's all you need. That's all you need. All you need is Jesus. Idolatry occurs when we hold any idea or activity higher than God. That's That's when it occurs. Idolatry occurs when we hold any idea or activity higher than God. Did you know that superstition is a form of idolatry? Like, you know, some people, they've, they're walking along and there's like this ladder leaning, leaning on a wall and they're like, oh, I'm not going to walk under there. I'll walk around. Like, why? Oh, because it's bad luck. Oh, so that has power over you. That has power over you. Or, um, or you know, ho- I hope I get that job Whoa, really? So you getting this job is based upon you touching wood? That has power. So that has more power than God? Is that, is, you know, how easy do we say that as part of our conversation? In fact, I was convicted of that. I, mean, I used to say that all the time, touch wood. And then when I realized, where does that come from? And I had a look at it, I was going, oh, I'm not going to say that anymore. That's not me. I'm not aligning myself with that. Because here's the thing. When we, what are we doing? We're acknowledging powers of other spirits and other gods. Before God, when superstition rules your life, when all of a sudden you're too afraid to go out on Friday the 13th, or, or oh no, I've broken a mirror. I've broken a mirror. Oh my goodness, what's going to happen? You know, these are very dangerous beliefs. They're very dangerous. Acknowledging, because there's this acknowledgement of other powers and other gods and other spirits, and we're allowing them to influence our lives. They've got no power, but we give them power. So many people begin by looking at horoscopes and, 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 uh, and numerous References within the Bible warn us against that. Are there any kind of magic that can predict future events? Look what the Bible says, Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 10. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire. So you need to stop doing that. If you're doing that, don't do that. <laughs> who practices divination or sorcery or interprets omens, engages in witchcraft or casts spells, or who, or who is a medium or spiritualist or who consults the dead? Anyone who does these things is detestable to Yahweh, detestable to the Lord. Because of these, these same detestable practices that the Lord your God will drive out of those nations before you. Then the Lord said, I'm going to bring you into this land. Don't do that stuff. There's people that are, you're going to enter into this land. They're doing that thing. I'm going to drive them out because you're not meant to do that. You're not meant to bow down to any other power. You know, because there's, there's some forces out there. Actually, they're actually real. Be careful what you give your power to. The Bible warns that these are sinister, 
evil spirit at work here, and they seek to entice you, to cause you to give it power and to worship it. These demonic spirits are real. They're real. The Bible tells us they're real. And the Bible warns us against them. You need to understand something. These demonic forces, these, these evil spirits, this intelligent evil that's out there, their destruction is coming. It is. The Bible tells us it's coming. But you know what? They're going to try to take as many God images with them. Don't be one of them. So what does this commandment mean for us today? What are today's images in our world that will hinder our relationship with God? What are those things that you give power to? What are you giving power to? What are those photos in a wallet that could divert us from a healthy relationship with God? See, God knows that the images offered by the world are empty. They're empty. We, we're bombarded with social media. The world is just, they're showing us images one after another. We may not have to walking into a temple, but there are images all around us. That, and, and images seek to capture our attention. What, what has captured your attention? What's just, what's just drawing you away? Drawing you away from God. These, these images are empty, and if we pursue them, in the end, we'll find ourselves deceived and disappointed. Idolatry occurs when we hold any idea or activity higher than God. See, the turning point in our lives is when we stop seeking the God we want and start seeking the God who is. Oh, well, I want this kind of God. I want a God that will answer all my prayers. I want a God that, that whatever I say, he's at, he's at my bidding. I want, the, I want, I want a God that, that um, no matter what happens, if um, it's only good things happen in my life, and bad things happen in my life, well, that's not the God I want. I'm going through hardship right now. Well, that's not the God I want. And we start chasing other things. To, to, oh, well, then maybe that's not working here, so I'm going to try something else. Right? It's witchcraft. So, oh, well, I haven't got breakthrough here, so maybe if I try something else. See, this is the turning point in our lives when we stop seeking the gods we want and start seeking the God who is, because sometimes the answer is no. And especially us, we're now in this interesting area with a building. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Lord, we trust in you. Trust in you. See, the God, it's, a, it's the God who offers us freedom. The God who offers us fulfillment. The God who offers us friendship. This is the real God. The God who offers us forgiveness, which he purchased for us on the cross so that you, can, you and I can experience cleansing and forgiveness from everything we've ever done wrong and be free and set free from the past. This is the real God. Media. Media says image is everything, but, uh, but the only image that is important to have stamped in your heart and in your mind is the image of Jesus Christ. Christ is calling us to loyalty to himself that supersedes all other loyalties. Jesus alone. If you seek fulfillment from things, you won't find it. But, if you, you're, but in seeking Christ, you'll find the most fulfilling life imaginable. What shape is your God? What shape is your God? What do you idolize in your life? Do you have any idols at home? Time to get rid of the books on, a, on the occult, witchcraft, and astrology. Get rid of them. You don't need them. They're not healthy for your life. They're not healthy for your walk. Stop looking at horoscopes and stay away from reading tea leaves, tarot cards, getting your palm, palm read. The only palm read I had was from my mum. 
get, come here. What do you say? Read my palm. I'm going to give you some five-fold ministry right now. <clears throat> Good old days. That doesn't happen today. Good old days. Some, some of the young ones sitting here, I'm glad those aren't the days. But anyway. <laughs> playing with Ouija boards. Man, you're really playing with fire. Don't consult mediums. Practicing channeling or seeking healing through magic spells or charms, attending witchcraft or voodoo activities, these are not compatible with Christianity. Because we get kind of duped in. Oh, well, this is compatible. It's about spiritual and God's spirit. They're not compatible. Don't be duped. Don't get sucked in. Maybe you, you are involved in something like this because you're seeking God. You're on a journey. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm here to tell you, we're here. We want to help you on your journey. Let us introduce you to the real God. And it's okay, you're on the journey. I encourage you, if you hear this tonight, or if you're listening back, and you want to know, and you're stuck in this place, I encourage you, come, come and see one of, one of our leaders, join, be part of a connect group. You know, at least you're seeking, but you need to seek the true God. The true God who loves you, who's for you, who's not against you. That's why this commandment is very important. Because there is something at work that wants to destroy the image of God. There's only one room for one woman's picture in my wallet. And her name is Poro, my wife. You know, um, I'm gonna, I wasn't going to do this, but I used to have another picture of a woman in my wallet. And for a long time, I actually took, took a picture out and Poro said, why don't you put it back in? Right? Yeah, it was actually a picture of my grandmother I've had in there, and so she allowed there. So, but anyway, but there's only one room for a picture of one woman in a while. That's why I took her out. I said, Nina, thank you so much. You can sit over, <laughs> over here. She's in our room. Actually, Nina, just turn around. You know. Anyways, just, just get there. Moving on. There's only one room. There's only one woman's picture in my wallet, and that, and her name is Poro. That's my wife. That's enough. And there's only one room for one God in my heart, and his name is Jesus Christ. Jesus dwells where people let him in. Will you let him in? If you let him in, he dwells. The sinister evil spirit wants you to believe a lie. That I'm too far gone for God. I'm, my life isn't worthy. I, I used to follow God, but now look what I'm doing. I'm too far. There's no way God will save someone like me. It's a lie. It's a lie. Then my life is a curse. That's a lie. It's time to stop giving power to something that has no power. Matthew 28 says, All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me. This is Jesus. All authority and all power has been given to me. Jesus has all authority. Jesus has all, all power. Because God will show steadfast love to thousands of those who love him and keep his commandments. Believing loyalty. Not enough just to believe, but are you loyal? Believing loyalty. Where is your believing loyalty? Because if it's with God, that's all you need. That's why the Apostle Paul said in James 4 verse 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Regardless of your past, Regardless of what people think about you, regardless of the sins of your fathers, regardless of what your grandfather had done, 
regardless of what your great-great-great-great-grandfather has done. Because draw near to God, He will draw near to you. Because the good news is that Jesus Christ wants to be known. And we can know Him today. Knowing Jesus enables me to see through all the illusions, the facades, and the images that come my way. God desires to mold you into the image of His Son, Jesus Christ. Draw near to God, He will draw near. Just let us pray.